a corner there that is mr brian fay of new england home mortgage uh he jumps on with us every first friday to talk about the previous month's stats what's going on in the mortgage industry um so figured we'd introduce you guys and then have you guys kind of share with us some insights lucky us sure hi mary i see you guys all right good we're gonna start in five seconds five four three Real Estate Radio, 94.9 News Now, Stimulating Talk. I'm Byron Lazine, joined by Chaz Cook, Ryan Casey, and Mary Pula today, all of the one team at William Ravis Real Estate, along with top of the month, Brian Fay, New England Home Mortgages, also with us. And we've got a whole bunch to, to uncover. We've got the June stats officially in on the Connecticut MLS. We are now on the other side of, you know, the second half of the year. We have started Q3. And so we've got some good stats from June. We've got a lot of headlines that are confusing consumers. No question about it. The market's slowing down. Is the market going to crash? Yeah. You know, all these different things. That's why we've got Mary and Bfay here to break it all down with us. I'll give you guys just a I'll set the table a little bit on some things that stuck out for me in June in the state of Connecticut when we're looking at single family homes. The month of June, the median sale price was $400,000 just for the month, okay? That's the highest month by uh, quite a quite a large margin. June of last year was 370, July of last year was 370. Uh those were uh, prior records until May of just this past year was 376. So 400,000 is the median sale price for single family homes in just the last 30 days, just the last 30 days, just that window. If we're looking at the, you know, the rolling 12, the last 12 months, we're at 355,000 for a median sale price, just to be clear there. The other two things that really stood out to me looking at the June numbers was in the last 30 days, the month of June, 2022, there were 3,079 pending sales, new under contracts. Okay. So a buyer and a seller agree to a deal. June of 2021, 4,500. So a 1,500 deal difference, a 1,500 deal decline, 31.6% decline for the month of June in total pending deals. So a whole heck of a lot less transactions. Last year in June, we had uh, 40, I'm sorry, 5,300 new listings. We only had 4,186 new listings. So a lot less new listings. People are, you know, you think record prices, they'd be more incentivized to list their house, but they might be sitting in one of those 3% interest rates that we've seen the last couple of years and they aren't as incentivized. So those are just the, the big numbers that stood out to me looking, you know, quickly over, over the June numbers, Mary, let's start with you. What does it all mean? Where do you think the market's heading? Well, there's a lot of category in there, but um, you know, I think um, for starters, we can't sell what we don't have. Right. So therefore, with the adjusted level of inventory being down, uh, that certainly speaks to less sales. And I think there's a couple of factors why people aren't necessarily jumping on the market, even the home has appreciated. And last week you touched on, 
Connecticut's appreciation for the past year being somewhere in the forty to forty-two thousand dollar per household, uh, but nationally it's sixty to sixty-two. Those are big bucks. But I think there's also a sense of complacency with people, like, okay, this is good. I, you know, the the eggs a little bigger, the assets greater. Um, they don't have a sense of urgency to necessarily sell it and cash the chips in, because then what are you going to do with them? And um, to a certain extent, unless you've got a big plan of divestiture, um, people are like, you know what? Um, we know there's not a lot for them to consider to either downsize to or upsize to. So I think they're like, you know what? I'm going to hold on to my nugget and uh, keep it tight to the chest for a bit and keep reassessing things. So I think part of what we're seeing, um, and it also speaks to some of the conversations you guys had last week, um, I don't really see any um, strong signal that we're going to be experiencing any great level of depreciation. I think that, you know, the steam is a bit out of the kettle in terms of urgency. And, you know, as to one point, you may not see 30 people look at the house, you might see 10, but they're still quality 10. Um, and you may not get that extra discretionary 10K on the price, but um, you're going to see a continued strong market within relative terms. And I don't think you're going to see prices depreciate too much simply because we just don't have inventory replacement. Mary, you, you've been in the top quarter of a percent of agents across the, the state for years. You've sold, uh, you know, on average about 100 homes a year for many years straight. You, you've seen a lot. You've been in the business here in Connecticut for 30 plus years. Have you ever seen a moment in your career where we've we've had this little inventory to work with? Have you ever felt a moment similar to this where there just hasn't been homes available for buyers to purchase? No, I don't think so. I think this is a unique blend. And often I stop to think about it. And I have to say, when you go back, this is entering year 37. Sometimes certain things are a bit rusty and recall, but I, there's just a whole new level of dynamic. And of course, as we've talked about in the past, every decade, we've seen so much change, not only within our industry and how the industry relates to the product, but, and Connecticut, as many other states that really weren't as highly thought of as a place to live, has become more of a, a focal point and a grounding level because of the pandemic and the fact that people can work, or many can, not all, um, from uh, different locations. And so we still are attractive when you look at the shoreline comparative to other parts of the country. So putting that in perspective, no, I still, I, I don't think I've seen any market where we have such demand and yet limited inventory on every level from rentals. I mean, that, that category is just outrageously scary um, to where you have um, little to no multi-units and um, in certain houses levels, as you guys know, I mean, you put a house on for 250 and you know, it's pretty well gone. But, and then you start to climb the ladder. And again, if it's realistically priced, it still has a relatively short shelf life. So no, I have not seen this combination in all these years. Absolutely not. Uh, right quickly, Brian Fay, before we go to break, have you seen, uh, you know, you deal with a lot of deals every single month, writing mortgages. Have you seen the 1500, uh, you know, or so deals kind of that have wiped, been wiped off in the last 30 days comparison to last June impact the amount of 
you know, loan interest there is, or is loan interest still high and they just can't find a house? It's loan interest is still high. They can't find a house. So I, my, we get calls every day to get pre-qualified and I have a ton of buyers out there looking and we're writing up pre-approvals every day, multiple, multiple offers a day. And we just still can't get them to Mary's point instead of 30 buyers looking at a house, maybe now there's 10 or 15, but there's still many more buyers out there than there's just not, there's just not the inventory. So I think things are going to level out a little bit. Like, I don't think you're going to see those 20, 30, $40,000 over asking, but I still have tons of buyers out there looking for multifamilies, condos, you know, three, $400,000 houses in, in Guilford, Madison. They just can't find them. So they're, they're out there looking. There's just no inventory to, to get them. Uh, we're going to talk about who some of these buyers are, and we're going to break down some more of these first half stats in your Connecticut real estate market. When we come back, Real Estate Radio, 94.9 News Now, and Stimulating Talk. All right, so you guys are both sticking around here for the next segment, right? This is the long one, 12 minutes, 30 seconds. Where am I going, Byron? Where, where am I going? Where, I got, where I got a good going, one for you, Faye? Faye, and I got a good one for you, Mary. So don't worry. Right. We're going to keep you busy. Uh -oh. oh, I'm not deserting you. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> All right, here well, we go. That's nothing. Five, four, three... Real Estate Radio 94.9 News Now, stimulating talk. We are back. Byron Lazine, Chaz Cook, Ryan Casey, Mary Pula, all from the one team at William Ravis Real Estate, the number one team in the state of Connecticut of units closed year-to-date per the CTMLS. And we've got Brian Fay with us from New England Home Mortgage, co-owner of New England Home Mortgage, I should say. Yes, sir. Thanks for thanks for joining us. All right, so we talked a little bit about how there's still this real, really high demand. Yet, you know, in June we saw over thirty percent less transactions than we saw of June of last year. So, what you know, why do we have all this demand and we're not seeing it translate into more transactions? Well, one of the reasons is we saw over twelve hundred less new listings in the month of June in comparison to last year. And the good inventory, there is a difference between some good inventory and then some, you know, some maybe pie in the sky inventory that's out there. You know, that that's just getting snapped up very quickly. It's to, to everybody's point here with the interest rates that have risen. It's not to the level of maybe 30 offers on a property. It might be five or 10 on that property. It's not as savage as it was last year. And, and and I said on this show a bunch of times, like, Hey, if you're looking for like that moment where you can have 30 offers, we're at the top of that mountain. And we are on the other side of the mountain where you're just not seeing that because, you know, let's face it, 6% interest rates or whatever they are have pushed some people out, but there's still so many buyers to both Mary and Brian's points before the break that want to buy a house. We've got 5 million more 35-year-olds in this country than we did in 2007. So people want to keep talking about, you know, oh, I'm going to wait for some 2007 crash. You got 5 million more people in prime buying age. That's just the 35-year-olds. That's not the whole millennial de demographic than you had in 2007. You got 12 million more households today in this country than you did in 2007. You've got one, about 1.2 million less new housing starts than you did in 2007. So people, and this has been a 10-year trend where we're not getting new inventory, and we have half of the inventory 
than, than we did at that time. Chaz, you had, you had something that uh, you wanted to ask Mary and Brian, right? Yeah, well, Brian, I kind of want to start with you. So last week, Ryan and I were kind of breaking down where we've seen a little bit of the slowdown has been uh, in like kind of maybe that 200 to 400, 450 range. And then from the 450 up, we haven't seen as much of a slowdown there in terms of people being the affordability of buying a house in that um, price point. What have you seen? Have you seen less buyers coming in at that lower price range or some buyers saying, hey, you know, Brian, the thanks for filling us in on the rates. Like it's just a little too much right now. Where are you kind of seeing some of the decrease and where are you still seeing that influx of buyers coming from? So here's a question right back at you. Is there less inventory out there from that two to 300 range? Because anytime I pre-approve someone looking in the two to 300 range, there's nothing out there. Yeah, so I think the problem is, and you guys might know this better, you know, the lack of inventory, how much can you break that down from the two to four, I, four and up? Yeah, I'll pull the number right now. Yeah, so, I, that, that's like, what I'm seeing. I'm yeah. saying, and when those houses go on the market for, you find a $300,000 house and Mary will agree, I'm sure, it is gone in literally 24 hours. Well, that's what I was just gonna say is that, you know, a house listed at say 289 is still getting seven offers, but a house listed at 500 may only be getting two offers. And so that's what's really being the deciding factor for those people. They're like, hey, I'm pre-approved up to 300. I have $11,000 wiggle room. Oh, that house is going to go for three and a quarter. Correct. You know? And yes. that's what's really killing them. Yeah. So I think and I'm, good, Ryan. I think that's the thing, right? It doesn't matter if you have, you know, Byron was saying, no, maybe instead of 30 offers, maybe now you have 10, but people are still in the same mindset that they have to go way over asking price because it only takes really two to tango, right? You don't need 30 offers to still get $40,000, $50,000 over. You can still get the 10. So that's why when Byron's saying, hey, there's really no, we don't see prices coming down. Right. Because that's, that's, that's the thing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many offers you have. As long as it's like two or more, you have competition. Yeah, and it's competition, like, and right. I think everyone's in this, uh, this mindset. It's like, I still have to go over. It doesn't matter if there's only two so, offers. So Brian, to the, you know, the two to 300,000 range, you know, more of a, an affordable home, yeah. you know, which is a huge issue, not only in this state, but, but in the country. In June of last year, we had almost 2000 homes for sale homes for sale in june of 2021 that were in the uh, what i'm pulled was 199 to uh 298999 that's just the way this this uh piece of software does it on on the mls so 199 to 298999 almost 2000 homes for sale between that range, let's just call that two to 300 range. Mm -hmm. Today, or this last June, 1,291 homes. So 35% less homes yeah. on the market in the two to 300,000 range. Yeah, so that, that's, I have a lot of buyers looking around two to 300,000 and they just can't find it. And then when they do find it, you know, they're losing out to, you know, my FHA buyer is going to lose out to a conventional buyer because the Chaz's point, there's going to be seven offers on that house. And, and by the way, from 299 to 468, pretty big range, we're down 21.7% homes for sale from where we were last year. So even when you go up into that median price point, which we're seeing right now is, you know, 355 on the rolling 12 and 400 in the last 30 days, when you get in that wider range, you still have 21% less homes to choose from. Yeah, I, that, yeah, that's what we're seeing as well. And then, you know, again, that 500, to Chaz's point, the people looking for the $500,000 homes, yeah, maybe there's not 10 of them anymore. Maybe there's 
Maybe there's four or five of them, but there's still not enough houses for that four to five people. And these are huge declines from what were record low inventory numbers of last year, right? We kept talking about record low inventory. So now we're 35% below a record that was set last year. Correct. This is, and this is where I do believe we're going to see this trend continue into next year. Like if you're not, if you're, if you're an agent and you're not on a very strong team, it's going to be a hard 12 to 18 months, right? If you're a buyer, you're not working with a professional agent. It's going to be difficult over the next 12 to 18 months. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to see far fewer transactions, but you're not going to see a price decline. We are going to see far fewer transactions because a lot of people that, you know, Brian helped in the last two years, either refi or, you know, purchase a home at 2.75% at 3% are not going to go ahead and make that move unless they have a real need. I've completely outgrown my house and I'm about to throw my kids out the window, right? Like they, they've got some, some significant needs in their life, job moves, those kind of things. Other people are going to kind of sit and ride this thing out. And so the old Mary, you've seen this year over year, you know, 10% of the agents do 90% of the business year in and year out. That has never changed. Um, I was hoping it would, um, but uh, it's, the skill set that's required to work in a market like this is actually even more specialized than ever. Um, and those numbers you were just referring to, as I sit here and I think as well, when you draw a parallel to the rental market and the increases of the rents as well, and we're lower than the Sunbelt states, we can conservatively say we've seen rents go up 20% for sure in this area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you see... Um, so why would someone get out of a home that's smart sitting it because you there's nothing you're going to pay more to rent even if you want to do a transitional move so you've got to be well calculated and um you know plan it out to, to jump out of what you have to get into something else with the something else sort of in question but um going back to that you know 90 10 it's 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 pretty scary we could probably break it down even further in some regards but um yeah, we were just talking in prior uh, radio sessions about the average length of, you know, survival is about four years in the industry. And um, I think we are going to see a washout in the next couple of years as well from some people that jumped in, just sort of, you know, anticipating this to be a different type job than it is in reality. And you have to live through and you have to work in all sorts of markets and stick with your fundamentals. And it's so interesting because it, your toolbox has to be deep and you have to know when to bring out the right set of equipment to work in the different markets, some of which none of us had experienced, including myself. This market we're in now has, has, has sort of forced us to create yet another tool. And either way, you have to um, assess the situation and be willing to work with every tool available to yourself and listen to people because this is going to require a lot of guidance. And this is where the cream comes to the top in terms of uh, those that survive. And I think when you give good advice and you help people um, make good decisions, 
you sustain yourself in the industry and you have to put people first. And I think that is continually what you see as a common denominator with those that are consistent producers year after year. Mary, so you actually just kind of led into this perfectly and Byron kind of hit on it. So we had a coaching call last week and right now, 20% of agents have only known this market. They've only been in the market since the pandemic hit essentially. So call it two years. What are three quick like things that they can focus on or implement into their business that are, will help them um, continue to be successful within this shift? And I know we're kind of up against it going into the break, but if you could offer three bits of wisdom to agents that have never known another market that can help them transition into what the future holds, even though it's a little unknown. Well, you have to remember that they have to remember that this is not a standard market. And so they have to be adaptable. They have to go back to the fundamentals. And that means, you know, increase your sphere of influence, continue to work at that because that's going to sustain you. And three, keep hanging out with those that have been around a long time and create, you know, work those sessions through, talk about those markets. Uh, like I said, add some tools to your box that you don't even know exist. That, that's the big one. Get around people with deal flow, right? Get around people that are willing to train support that got deal flow that, that can point to a get like a guaranteed like amount of leads. Leads are important. I mean, when we go back into the year that I started in sales in, in 2012, we had a low point, low point in this state of closed sales. When I started the three months prior to that, there was seven, uh, well, let me go to all price ranges because I'm still plugged into the, to the price range. Here we go. 2012, there was 4,200 homes in a three month period, the three month that sold, that actually closed, that were opportunities for agents to put their names on a closing. In the last three months, there's been 8,300. Right. So there's still twice as many closings. That's a lagging indicator. We're gonna get closer to the number that I'm talking about maybe not 12, but 14 or 15 in the amount of closings at this point next year. There's far less deals to put your name on going forward. We're coming right back. Stay with us, Real Estate Radio. A lot of numbers to break down in your CT real estate market when we come back. 94.9 News Now, stimulating talk. How are you guys doing on time, Faye and Mary? I'm oh, we're fine. I, I figured I was on the show. I... All right. All right. That's we'll do the, uh, we'll do I'm the fully rewind committed. At last. We'll do the okay. rewind last so that we can, uh, we'll let them bail on the last segment. Um, we'll do the rewind and we'll keep going with this stuff. Faye, I have a, I sent an article. I only got through the first part of it, but it was, um, it was worthy enough to send over. Uh, so Freddie Mac is now going to start looking at on-time rent payments in regards to qualifying and, uh, you know, uh, a person for, uh, pre-approval. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of curious to hear your initial thoughts about it and, you know, what could be some of the positives, what could be some of the negatives as they start to roll that out on July 10th. Okay. Let me tell you now. You want no, 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 no. I'm just, oh, no, no. I, I'm the nice one here. I try and set you up with what you need to talk about. Byron's like it. on the spot. Hit it. I was going to ask you if you want to be a hamburger or hot dog kind of guy. I'm glad Chad went with that question. So. You're thinking about hot dogs or thinking about, uh, thinking about 4th of July food. Nice. I'm talking about Freddie Mac and Ryan's talking about lemonade and hot dogs. Oh. All right, we're, we're starting in five, four. Real estate radio and hot dogs, Ryan, right? You, you got hot dogs on your mind? I got uh, the 4th of July on my mind, which you would do. be hamburger hot dogs. I'm excited. What a great oh, weekend. Love this, love this you, weekend. You know, 
It's a good thing we don't have Pat Kenny here on the show this week because usually on the the Fourth of July weekend show we would just be goofing off. We are digging into the numbers the here. Numbers. Talk about we're, we're going. Gwinnett. Speaking of Fourth of July weekend, who's going to be in enjoying uh, their pools this weekend? I don't know, but if you've got a pool and it's not full yet, maybe you should call Irish Springs Pool Water. Get your. That's this is the most organic buffet. I heard a little chuckle over there. This is the most organic pool water. You can find in the world. He's got a special Irish tap here in Connecticut. I think we've piped this pool water all the way from Ireland. That's why it's called Irish Springs pool water straight to the Irish Springs pool water trucks straight to your pool. Martin McKinney and everybody at Irish Springs pool water. They'll get you the best pool water ever. Give them a call. And by the way, if you have, you know, I know you're not thinking about it. Maybe this time of year on this hot, I got to say it, steamy, steamy, steamy weekend. <laughs> yeah, you might not be thinking about your oil tank, but, you know, maybe you, you walk by the oil tank in the basement, you know, to go get, you know, some canned goods or whatever. You're stocking up on canned goods with, with the price of everything going up. And you see that your oil tank looks a little ragged. Looks it a little like be, Ryan Casey. Might be dripping on the floor. <laughs> it might, might be time to call service station equipment and uh, have them check out your residential oil tank. Certainly, if you're thinking about selling and you have an underground oil tank, that, that'd be the first call I'd make is service station equipment. And I'd, I'd love to see what Martin's doing on this steamy weekend. So Martin, Martin, brother, if you're out there, shoot me a text. Maybe we can maybe we could connect over the weekend. And keep in mind, I grew up with the pool. You don't need to just use this to fit like with all the little rain we've been getting, you can always like use a little bit Top more up. water in your pool. Yeah, it, ah, it can pouring it into it can your evaporate. Well, yeah, yeah, it goes, I mean, it goes quick. You know, I might call up Irish Springs pool water and just uh, fill up the kiddie pool. You never know. There you know, you just I don't have a kiddie you? pool, but I, I'd have to get one. Iron in the kiddie pool, 4th of July. <laughs> All right, Chaz, what do we got? So Housing Wire uh, put out an article that starting on July 10th, Freddie Mac announced that they will start factoring in on-time rental payments to be included in its underwriting system. So what that means is they're kind of looking at it as a lot millions of potential borrowers have been blocked off from home ownership because they lack a credit score or have a limited credit history, but they've been consistent with the payments that they have been able to make. So since we had Brian Fay here, one of the leaders in the Connecticut mortgage industry, I wanted to get his two cents on the program and some of the things he thinks will work um, and some of his concerns about it going forward. And B. Fay, before you jump in, uh, Freddie Mac did say in their announcement that with a borrower's permission, they can actually take data from Zeal, Venmo, PayPal. This is how a lot of tenants right now are paying their rent. They're paying it through, you know, something like a Venmo, especially, if, you know, if the landlord is not, you know, I'll say a little less sophisticated than maybe a more experienced landlord that's doing it. A different way they might just be saying yeah venmo, venmo me the rent i just need the money you know whatever the case may be and and to mary's point bfa before you chime in uh a last break about how high rents have come in this country about 20 percent in this area you know zilla reports it's 16 percent nationwide year over year increase in rent redfin data center still says today the average monthly rent with just with with just which just hit over 2000 in this country per month for the first time, it's still far more than the average monthly mortgage, which is $1,731. So, you know, should you buy into this market? Well, whose mortgage do you want to be paying, right? Do you want to be paying $2,000 of rent for somebody else's equity? Or do you want to start building your own 
you know, that's the question that buyers really need to answer and, and you know, what their situation is going to be, how long they're going to be there and all of that. But yeah, Brian, I'd love to see, you know, there's certainly a lot of buyer demand right now. This, you know, Freddie Mac uh, article would help or statement would help more people become buyers. And it certainly would open up to, you know, maybe people in under, you know, privileged communities and that kind of thing. How important is this for tenants to gain so credit? So I think it's going to be more, so what lenders will look at this is it's called going to be called a compensating factor. Meaning if you're on that borderline of getting approved or not approved, and you can show a rent history of on-time payments, that might push you over the edge. What I don't think is going to happen is just if you made your rent payment on time for the last four years, but your credit score is low, your debt to income is too high. That's it's, it, it's still going to be based off your credit, your debt to income, uh, you know, those are going to be the more important factors than, than your rent history. Although they're rolling it out July 10th, we'll see how it goes. But to Byron's point, yeah, you could send a Venmo to prove. So what they're going to look for is you prove that you paid it on time. So again, you have that 15 day grace period. If you pay it on the 16th or 17th day, that's not going to help you at all. That will hurt you. So they want to make sure you're paying your rent on time and then more importantly, what I tell people with lower credit is you there you can there's companies out there that will report your your rent to TransUnion and uh, Equifax, and that'll boost your score up. I think that's more important to get that score up because I do think your credit score, debt to income, income is all going to be much more important than that rent. But I do think it'll help those borderline people that you know are let's say you're just not qualifying. And then they're going to have that rent. It might push you over the edge. So we'll see how many more people it's helping. But I think the article makes it seem better than it actually will be. Again, that's just my opinion on it. Well, yeah, it's Freddie Mac. They, def they definitely want to puff their chest out. Ryan, yeah. how often do you see somebody come to you? They want to buy a home and then they're just disappointed with the end result that they haven't built the credit. They don't have the credit to, to qualify because you deal, you, you're, you're doing so many deals, especially working with buyers across the state. How often do you see this? Yeah, I mean, and Faye can, I mean, I do good amount of deals with Faye. I mean, you see that the credit does hold them back or maybe they're approved, but they're priced out because they can't get the house that they're looking for, right? So it is pretty disappointing. So I do think that any advantage they can get, because I mean, yeah, if you pay your rent on time and everything looks good, it does show you that you're a reasonable buyer. However, I have mixed feelings about this as well because it seems like, you know, we're trying to do everything we can to kind of get these people to buy a house. And I'm not sure if that becomes a little bit more riskier. And in that sort of sense, it's kind of like we keep pushing, pushing, pushing until, you know, we're not trying to go back into 07, 08 kind right. of situations. But man, it feels like we're trying to do everything we can to. Well, let's start well, with that. Faye, what's the minimum credit score you need right now to get pre-approved for a mortgage? 580. 580. So, now, again, I do have lenders that go down to 550. But then they want all these things that if you have 550, you know, your debt to income has to be so much lower, your income, mm -hmm. like they have the compensating factors they require. So if you have a 550 credit score, there's a reason you usually have a 550 credit right. score. But 580 right now is the, is the, the, the norm. Okay. Um, well, but again, well, now you have a 580 with rental history, it's going to help you a little bit more. So again, the lower your credit score, the higher risk you are the harder it is to go through underwriting. That's kind of the, in a nutshell. How long is that rental history, Faye? Like a year? Like how long? Like you need a minimum of one year. One year? But right. you can go back up to four years. So the people I recommend sending to a 
you know, do a, a rent, send the rent info to the credit bureaus, you can go back four years and it could boost your score 30, 40 points mm. just by showing on time rent. So it's, it's kind of a big, big thing. Mm. Ryan made the point that he is pushing, pushing, pushing to help people. And, and Ryan, you know, congrats First six, first six months of the year, you're at 26 deals, closing pen and you're working with a ton of, ton of buyers and, yeah. and helping a lot of people achieve home ownership, but you're pushing to help them get into home ownership because it's the right thing to do. If you look at the wealth disparity in this country, your renter and your homeowner has a 75 X difference in wealth. The homeowner having so, you know, having so much more of that benefit. I mean, if you if you have cryptocurrency right now and you're down 80%, you've got a big hole to climb out of. If you, if you're looking at your stocks, here's a, here's, here's a great example. If you get your money with Wells Fargo or Bank of America or, or Chase or whoever, say that's who you have your checking account with and you've got your savings account and you do all your banking with them, go to them on Tuesday when the bank opens back up and say, I'd like to take out a loan to buy your stock, Wells Fargo. Go to Wells Fargo and say, I'd like a $100,000 loan to take out uh, to take out and buy your stock. I'm going to buy $100,000 worth of Wells Fargo stock. They're not going to lend you the money. They're not going to lend you a loan to buy their own stock, what they should believe in more as an asset than anything. But if you say, I want $100,000 to go buy a house. Yeah. When can we get, when can we get you pre-qualified now? You talk to somebody right now. Real estate's a real thing. It's a real asset for people, right? And so it's doing the right thing, helping people get home ownership. Mary, home ownership and certainly affordability is such a huge issue. What should and what can... I'm putting you on the spot here because me and you haven't even talked about this, but what can we do, you know, not relying on Freddie Mac or whoever to get, Hello. you know, to get more people in homes that they can afford so that they can start building the wealth? Well, the first thing that hit me as we were speaking about the mortgage and credit situation is that we have a responsibility to say to people, you can move that credit needle quite significantly in a six month to nine month period of time, for sure, in the duration of when they're renting to better facilitate them and put them in a position where the credit is stronger so that when they go to reevaluate whether they're going to take a rental the following year, they're in a far better position to get out of it. It's really, again, one of those fundamental tools of responsibility to say, hey, you know, you can change this. You can make a difference. I think people feel a little misguided at times and helpless. You know, it's, it's almost like college doesn't teach them this. So we are an interceptor and we have to say, hey, I noticed you're going to pay $2,700 a month on this rental, but you know if you get your credit up a little bit and save a little bit more, just in terms of having some sense of a down payment, I think you're going to be able to springboard into the housing market. It is critical because it's becoming, the gap is increasing and it's not just based on one reason, but there's many reasons, but the gap is making it harder and harder. And you're looking at people spending what up to 50% of their income right now in many instances to sustain a rental and the utilities. And it's a crime. So I think, you know, when you look back and it's, it's, it's based on steps, you know, you buy something that's affordable. It doesn't have to be the dream home. You get in, you maintain it, you sustain it. And above all, you know, we, that's another thing we see in this market. You know, we're selling properties that are less than stellar condition and that's going to change too. 
people have to stay up on their properties. Now's the time if they're going to keep it to, to look at what needs to be done, basic deferred maintenance items. This is all you know, fiscal responsibility because this is one of the largest assets we have. So there's so many areas we can help people with to make sure that you know there's going to be a bit of a, a hopefully a change for them in that regard. Um, so I could go on about some of that. Again, that's pulling different tools out of the box based on their situation. Brian sees credit reports, and there's a variety of reasons why people, um, their credit score might be off, and some of them are so simple to change. So I think if they get a little professional guidance with it, they can put themselves on track very easily. I agree. Real Estate Radio, if it, we've got the Rewind coming up next, the One Team Rewind. If you want to get yourself on the Rewind, go over to oneandcompany.com, oneandcompany.com. We'll get you set up. We got the rewind next. Real Estate Radio 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. All right, so we oh. need to go. I went, I went over, so I need to go. Mary and Bife, you guys can split it because uh, the rewind is just us running down all the new listings, the open houses. Mary, you got anything you want us to uh, emphasize? Wow. Oh, you mean in terms of product? Yeah. Three Cranberry, right? Oh, that just came out this week. Yeah, that's a great property. Um, I actually, you know what? I, I find that um, some of the commercial stuff, I don't do a lot of it, but it's just hard to get some traction in that area. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got that great building on Long Hill Road in Groton. It can either be rented um, or, you know, I've uh, we've got the price down, uh, you know, below six. And that was the salon, but it could be anything you want it to be. <laughs> it's actually at 550 right now. Um, or you could rent it for, you know, 2,500 a month. Um, and I've got a service station in uh, Quaker Hill. It's been under agreement three times in the long history on that one, but uh, that's 199. Wow. I know. And uh, it's been 80 years as a service station. Guy retired. But you know what's happening if the deals fall apart like last minute. Uh, for like what, I said, really what's crazy. the problem? No, nobody wants to do the cleanup or 73 old no, which are no, there's really no real no cleanup involved. It was just a service station in terms of uh actual garage type thing. There's no there's no oil tanks on there, oh, okay. or gas tanks. There's no, oil, there's no oil, there's no oil, gas oil tanks. tanks. Okay. Uh, uh, no, you got some diesel fuel from the garage, but no gas tanks or anything. I just think it's people. Well, you got it, it's hard to get the money, you know, at that price. You're talking about a, a grease monkey kid, you know. Right. And then um, it's zoned for what it is, basically. So if people want to start selling cars and all that crap, you can't do it. But that's um, that's one that's seventy three Old Norwich Road. That's and great. it has a rental unit above it. Yeah, one ninety nine. It's got a rental unit. Uh, yeah, it's only paying eight fifty, but yeah. But you have to keep the downstairs. You have to keep the uh, garage. Pretty much a correct? service station. Yeah, pretty much a service yeah. station. Yep. Yeah. They can call for details if they want. Yeah. But Very yeah. Interesting. All right. Beautiful. Awesome. All right. Thanks, guys. We guys we'll give you guys both a shout out at the end. Chaz is gonna run down all the Chaz and Ryan will run down all these. Yeah. Really appreciate you guys. Thank you guys. for taking time. Bye, no man. problem. Bye guys. Happy fourth. Happy fourth. I gotcha. All right. Uh bu- 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 you got everything? Uh yes. I just gotta pull up open houses. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I do 17 things. You do one and you think you got it. Right. That's right. It's going to be what... nine minute 30 seconds because we went over quite a bit there. 
All right, we'll make it quick. You even. I only need 30 seconds. The one team. I'm aware. Not personally. Guessing. All right, so. Tell me when you're ready, Joe. Okay, so we got Saturday, Six Chain Road and Seymour. We got to rip through it because we got. You don't have coaching call today, do we? No. No coaching call. Huh? No coaching call today. There's not. No. No. All right. Ready? Hot dog. Hot dog. All right. Five, four. Real Estate Radio 94.9 News Now Stimulating Talk. I am Byron Lazine along with Chaz Cook and Ryan Casey. want to thank Mary Pula and Brian Fay for coming on here. The uh, first three segments of the show, dropping some real knowledge on what's going on with your Connecticut real estate market. We went deep on the numbers on this holiday weekend, right? Yes, we did. You know, Pat yeah. would have never allowed, he would, he would have wanted to do like a, uh, you know, an ice cream ranking, you know, one through 10 best ice best creams. ice cream That's in the right. state of Connecticut. Yeah. We while telling, points while telling everyone that. to raise their gas prices. <laughs> yeah. If they would just yeah. get rid of that oh, 18 man. cent gas tax, I could get ice cream. You guys <laughs> gotta listen, you guys gotta listen to this. I get a text message after the show last week. Pat's and, not running uh, anytime soon. And uh, let me let me find this text message. I'll read it to you uh, on Pat's on Pat's hot steamy take <laughs> hot on gas. Take. Please let Mr. Kenny know the current artificially high fuel and energy prices are a macroeconomic supply side issue. A shift on the demand curve will indeed lower equilibrium price points, but the economy would suffer further. So not everybody liked Pat's steamy hot take. I didn't, I didn't like Pat's uh, steamy take either. Pat's I think, suffering today, I heard. You know, yeah. I, <laughs> He's paying for it. Too I, much think, steam. Um, I, I think what we, you know, I don't want to incentivize the economy from, from flowing there. Like Pat was suggesting, I, I'd rather see, uh, you know, us produce our own energy in this yeah. country. That might be, might be a good, but we're, we're not going to get off topic here. Pat wants to burn the crops next. That's what he's going to uh, burn right. the corn. Right now, we got yeah. futures. Yeah. All right. All right what ahead. do we got for the one team? The number one team in the entire state of Connecticut for units closed year to date by a large margin. Uh, that's why the team is called the one team. We like that one spot. And go ahead, Chaz. Well, what we do we got for a rewind? Had those stats this week. Pad them right up. So we had another amazing week for the one team as we closed out the month of June. We had eight new listings, 10 under contract, and 24 closings congratulations to all of our agents so we are going to kick off our new listings with 883 Vauxhall Street extension this was brought to the market by Tina Wozni if you're interested in that you can reach out to Tina at oneandcompany.com shout out to Tina what a what an unbelievable first half of the year for Tina Wozni she's helping so many Navy families in New London County uh, either sell or relocate. Uh, she's just she's just doing an unbelievable job. Well, and she just brought this beautiful 4.27 acre parcel to the market for $89,900. It's absolutely gorgeous, partially cleared lot, approved building lot. Um, you're centrally located to Mystic Mohegan Sun. So it's in Waterford, you know, Vauxhall Street extension does extend into New London there. So you are on the Waterford side. Uh, so you're just close to everything. It is absolutely gorgeous. So if you are looking to build your dream home, make sure you reach out to Tina to check out 883 Vauxhall Street extension on the market for $89,900. Next up, we've got 379 Whitfield Street, number BS1138. 
That was brought to the market by Rod Cross. I've never seen a unit number quite like that. That's no BS. That is no BS, as Ryan Casey says. Uh, But that brought to the market by Rod Cross. That is on for $30,000. And you know why I've never seen a number like that? Is because it is a boat dock. Oh. That would explain it. Uh, You've got an HOA fee of $380 there. You know, it looks like you might have a little interior space as well. Uh, I'm going to have to get over there and check this one out myself this weekend. Uh, But if you are interested in living in Guilford near the water, reach out to Rod at OneAndCompany.com. Living on a dock. Living on a dock. Next up, 60 Briarcliff in Hamden, Connecticut, also brought to the market by none other than Rod Cross. This one hit the market for $445,000. It is four bedrooms, one and a half baths, just under 2,300 square feet. Beautiful home built in 1939. So if you are interested in checking that out or living in the Hamden area, reach out to rod at oneandcompany.com. Next one up, we've got 21 Turtle Bay Drive, number 21, brought to you by the Queen of Condos. That's right. Victoria Tavares, shout out to her again. She got married last week at a beautiful ceremony in Greece. This one hit the market for $525,000. You've got two bedrooms, two baths, just under 1,300 square feet. You've got a water view, absolutely gorgeous property. If you were interested in that, you got HOA fees of 308. You can reach out to Victoria at oneandcompany.com. Next up, we've got 6 Chaden Road in Seymour, Connecticut, which was brought to the market by Carolyn Miller. This hit the market for $399,900. Four bedrooms, two and a half baths, 2,158 square feet. Nice little raised ranch here. Beautiful lot. So if you were looking for a home in the Seymour area, make sure you reach out to Carolyn at oneandcompany.com. A couple more here, and then we're going to kick it over to Ryan Casey. Next up, 60 Wickford Place brought to the market. 60 Wickford Place in Madison, Connecticut, brought to the market by Emily White. Big, big shout out to Emily White. Her persistence and follow up on this one is why we are talking about it. It hit the market for $1,179,000, four bedrooms, three and a half baths, 4,400 square feet, in-ground pool, wraparound covered porch, absolutely stunning property. And we're going to be talking about this one a little bit more on the open house schedule. So we will give you some more uh, details on that. But if you are interested, reach out to Emily at oneandcompany.com. Check that out. Next up, three Cranberry Lane brought to the market by Mary Pula. That is in East Lyme, Connecticut. It hit the market for $522,000. Three bedrooms, two and a half baths, just under 2,600 square feet. Built in 1990, you've got a beautifully landscaped lot, a covered covered porch, two-car garage, uh, just absolutely stunning property, 1.6 acres. If you are looking to live in the East Lyme area, reach out to mary.pula at ravis.com. And closing out our new listings for the week is 378 Meridian Street Extension number 23 in Groton, Connecticut. Groton City is one of the many subdivisions of Groton. And Carpenter brought this one to the market for $249,900, two bedrooms, two and a half baths, 1,600 square feet, low, low HOA of $228 a month. It is in the Kinsbrook Condo Complex. So if you are familiar with that, or if you would like to get familiar with that, you can reach out to Ann at oneendcompany.com. Now Jazz. it's time for Ryan Casey to shine. You, you would be great on the prices, right? Here are the, oh, hey now. Here are the towns where we got houses under contract. They are Columbia, Farmington, 24 Anderson Ave in West Haven, Mr. Anderson, Lucille, and Waterbury, Guilford, Waterbury, Shelton, Cheshire, Wallingford, Cheshire, Wethersfield, Madison, Essex, 
and for clothes, these are the towns, West Haven, New Haven, New Haven, my neighbors in North Brantford are going to bring over a cake, Groton, Madison, Hidden Springs Road. I wonder if that's where, well, never mind. West Haven, Ledyard, <laughs> Brantford, Wallingford, Lisbon, Brantford, New Haven, Montville, East Lyme, Hamden, Prospect, Groton, Hamden, Brantford, East Hampton, Salem, Uncasville, Ledyard. That's a lot of clothes. That's 24, baby. 24. All right. Now we've got some open houses to keep you busy on this holiday weekend going on right now from 11 to 1, 6 Chaden Road in Seymour. And then from 1130 to 130, we've got 427 Blake Street, number 427 in New Haven. Going on from 12 to 2, just after the show wraps, 60 Wickford Place in Madison. That is that gorgeous listing we talked about from Emily White. And then also from 12 to 2, we've got 581 Prospect Road in Waterbury. For tomorrow, a couple quick ones for you. 427 Blake Street, number 427, on again from 11 to 1. 21 Turtle Bay Drive in Brantford, Connecticut, from 11 to 1. And 6 Chaden Road in Seymour from 12 to 3. So we've got you covered on this holiday weekend for open houses. There you go. That's the one team rewind for the week. The number one team in the state of Connecticut for units closed year to date per the CTMLS. Uh, Mary has a couple. Uh, did you mention the commercial property 73 Old Norwich Road in Waterford? I did not. I had to use that all a, my wind. That is a service station uh, property on for 199.9. 73 Old Norwich Road, Waterford on for 199.9. And then on Long Hill Road, we have a commercial property that is available for rent. Uh, or also on the market for 550000 The upstairs could potentially be turned into apartments as well. It was a former salon. Go to oneandcompany.com to find out information on all of those. If you want to talk to Chaz or Ryan, it's Chaz at oneandcompany.com or Casey, C-A-S-E-Y, at oneandcompany.com. If you'd like to restart your career, you don't like the position you're in right now, go over to realestateagentscholarship.com, realestateagentscholarship.com. Or if you happen to be an agent listening to this and you want the safety of a changing market, join the number one team, the one team at William Ravis Real Estate. Hope everybody has a great 4th of July weekend. Enjoy the holiday. Be super safe. Thank you to everybody over at 94.9. Thank you to everybody at Service Station Equipment, your residential tank specialist. Bobby, yes, sir. appreciate you, brother. Brian. Yeah. Happy 4th. My man, Chaz. We'll see you guys all next week. Happy Real birthday, America. Radio. God bless America. 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. That was a good show. That was good.